0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa.
1: Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Merry Christmas, belated, happy new year. Bob Papa, two-time Super Bowl champ Carl Banks, as we look back at the Giants' loss in Philadelphia. And Carl, unlike the last couple of years, or even last year, where Philadelphia just dominated the Giants, they were just a better football team than the Giants, this was a situation where... The Eagles aren't as good as they were last year, and the Giants, like they've done a bunch of times this year, whether it's the Buffalo game, the Jets game, just frittered away opportunities. And the sense that we got today in the building was a lot of frustration from the Giants.
0: Yeah, Bob, it's it's a, uh, it's a very frustrating thing because there were so many wasted opportunities. And first, let me just say this, because um, I got a lot of, Eagles fans that are all of a sudden jumping in my my timeline <clears throat> because I said that uh, the Eagles there's something missing with the Eagles and you know we were doing our broadcast and I said uh, to you that you don't feel the full weight of the Eagles dominance, the Avalanche that they've been um throughout this you know the last decade basically, Against the Giants, and you just felt that, and I said it in our preview that uh the issues that the Eagles are having have not gone away. They just you know they're they're good enough, they're talented enough to overcome against eighty five to ninety percent of the league. But when you get a team that uh, is attention to detail oriented or just as talented, those mistakes get magnified. Um, the Giants were still able to exploit a few things that the Eagles have not corrected. Uh, the Eagles give up deep balls. Um, their quarterback is making mistakes. And so uh, it's it's unfortunate uh, that the Giants were not able to uh, capitalize on some of uh, their opportunities, but that is why they are where they are. You are what your record says you are because you're playing that way you're playing to that level and good teams take advantage of uh, a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. Like there was a huge disparity up until this game. And I'm sure these coaches felt that this was a great uh opportunity for this team. They called what I thought was a great game plan, but players play and coaches coach. And when you can't make tackles uh, to get yourself off the field or you can't stop a third and 20 or you lose leverage on a slant route when you have the right coverage called and it's a walk-in touchdown, these are the things that losing teams do. It's just that simple. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because you have players who have the best intentions. You have coaches who have devised what I thought was the second week in a row just incredible game plans, only to see them fall short by lack of communication, um, lack of execution, lack of of uh, tackling, and just missed opportunities across the board. And, you know, you can – there are some <laughs> – And it's hard to say there are some bright spots or some silver linings. But this team against the Philadelphia Eagles defensive front gave up one sack. Gave up one sack. And and you can make the case that Tommy kind of ran into it a little bit. But they gave up one sack against this defensive front. And by the way, that was six less than they gave up the week before against the uh, New Orleans Saints. So, um, but you know, red zone failures, uh, just things that they've got to, you know, they got to turn the corner with these types of things. And at this point, and this season is over, uh, but at this point, it's a mental situation with this team. The player, whoever's going to be on this roster moving forward. They've got to have a different mindset, not just to go out and play football, but to go out and play winning football because the other team gets paid too to execute. And when your opportunities come, you got to take advantage because case in point, the third and 20.
1: Which was arguably the biggest play in the game.
0: Biggest play of the game. Guess what happens? They convert that and then they get another 20-yarder and it ends up, the third play of that drive, they end up scoring a touchdown. So that's the difference in attention to detail and playing winning football. Um, it's, It's one of these deals where you look at some of these players and you know they're good football players. They're better talented. But they're not playing consistently good enough. And that's the threshold between being where you are today and being a playoff-caliber football team. Now I'm not even talking championship-caliber. But the players they had on Monday were good enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They did not play good enough to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is important. You can't say without qualifying it. I can say they were good enough. They had good enough players. They had a good enough game plan, but they played losing football on enough occasions to lose the game. They didn't play losing football the entire game, but they played losing football in key moments, and that's why they lost this game. Point blank. It's not not an argument. You know, you make the plays that were there for you to make, you're winning that football game.
1: I got a message for our fans out there. Football's back. BetOnline's your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoffs and Super Bowl, BetOnline is going to give you access to the best football promotions and contests Available anywhere online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, their margin of error is slim, right? So DeVito on a third down hits Waller on a slant, and there's nobody behind Waller. That's going for a touchdown. Sure. Instead, it's an incompletion and a punt. And like, you know, you you know better than anybody because you understand defenses. Like you know, people were you know on the Cordell Flott uh, touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, the thirty-two yarder on the cross. You know, you, you made a good point, and not not to single out a specific player, but Isaiah Simmons has to be in a window that he drifted out of. Yeah, which gave Hurts the pathway to make the pass, to then give Flott no chance to recover, to at least tackle the guy for a 12-yard catch. And
0: correct. And and let me just say, because I, I talked to Wink Martindale, who, by the way, play, he called a hell of a game. Um, I talked to Wink about that, and two things can be true. Uh, Isaiah Simmons should be in that window, 100%. That was the safeguard, but Cordell Flott, was supposed to play inside technique. He got juked at the line of scrimmage and gave up his leverage. But the fact that he had an inside defender that should have been there uh, doesn't make the case e- e- any easier because at worst, if Isaiah Simmons is in that window, he makes the tackle and it's not a touchdown. Um, and I wanted to get into Isaiah Simmons a little later, but I'll talk about it now Um because, and in, in, again, I'm going to qualify this. I've been an Isaiah Simmons fan since he was in college. I love Isaiah Simmons. I hope the Giants re-sign him. And if they do re-sign him, I'd like to spend an hour a week just looking at film with him to unpack some of his mindset and things of how he processes plays because he's frustrating because he's so freaking good in terms of his ability. And he could be making just game-changing plays. And I say that because I've seen the likes of Seth Joyner, and I've seen the likes of Wilbur Marshall. Those guys, and those are two, and there are many others, like Monty Coleman who played with the Redskins back. Those guys – had not only great instincts, but they had a great feel for the game and a feel for how a play should work. And I really want to get into Isaiah's head because he frustrates the crap out of me sometimes because he is so effing good in terms of his skill set that he would be making plays all over the field and he would make them look easy because he's just that athletic and he's so – He's so hybrid. He's pure a pure hybrid player. Um, but it just seems like there's a lot going on. And he's, he's, he's overthinking certain things, right? Um, and sometimes it's as simple as: okay, the, the play that uh Devonta Smith gets a touchdown on. All he has to say is, anything coming inside, I gotta take it, right? Drop back into it into a window and wait. A guy who's done that many a times, and he missed an interception uh, yesterday, but he got one against Miami, was Bobby Okereke. Understanding the leverage of the the defense and understanding where he has to be at at a given time and not drifting, not guessing, not trying to predict something, but being where he's supposed to be. I think if... Isaiah Simmons is a giant, and I hope they re-sign him because he is he is a difference maker in Wink Martindale's defense because they can do so much with him. Um I would just spend an hour a week with him just looking at stuff and just simplifying, helping him simplifying uh the process. And and I'm gonna say this, and this is well, another qualifier. I, 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 Go ahead. I'll give I'm you sorry. a
1: perfect example. A perfect example of that is this, Carl. On the play before the Adoree Jackson interception return for a touchdown, they tried to run that same cross with A.J. Brown. And remember, O'Kara nearly got the interception. Because he understood it, and he knew where Hertz's only window was, and then he broke on the window. Didn't intercept it, but those are two examples of guys just playing at a different mental level at this point.
0: Right. And, and this has been Isaiah's uh, Achilles heel his whole career. And when you look at him and I've studied him on film and sometimes you ask, OK, what is he thinking on this play? Or why is he drifting here? Because he's he's. He's a, probably a victim of his own talent because he's played so many positions and had to learn so many different things. But the reality is, if I could help him simplify this, and this is not a knock on coaching, it's more of a coaching emphasis. Right? Because teams have to emphasize what they have to emphasize, and sometimes they take for granted that players will know what they're supposed to do in certain situations. Did he completely blow the play? No. He just drifted probably a step and a half out of the window, enough for Devontae Smith to get in it and, and score. But He's that guy. Like I said, I've seen the Seth Joyners and the Wilbur Marshalls. And two players that I, I admire, right? He's got that and then some. Because he's bigger. He's faster. I don't know if he's faster than Wilbur Marshall, but he's as fast. But he's got range. He's got more range than both of those guys. And they kind of understood the nuances of of angles, of leverage. And it's not difficult because when you're in a position, they put you there for a reason. And if they tell you to close the window, the only thing you got to worry about is something coming inside. I mean, from your outside in. So all you do is drop and all you got to do is look. If you see the slant, you just sit and break on it, right? But he doesn't. He he drops and he's staring at the quarterback. And good quarterbacks in the NFL at this level – they'll let you stare at them and they'll just pull the trigger and you're too late to react. But if you break and you look at where your only responsibility is on pass, once you see pass, if your only responsibility is somebody coming inside, you open up and look at that guy and you see him coming inside, you just sit and wait. And boom, you got it and you're running with it. But those are some of the things, that's the frustrating aspect of the talent, the gift and the curse that is Isaiah Simmons. Now he drops another one on the little, um, a little um, swing pass, that little, little, little uh whatever they call it, shoot pass or tunnel pass or whatever. That one just he just dropped that one, but you can tell he has the instincts, right? Because um, he he read it right out of the gate read and started to right break the on it, right. So he has the instincts. Now he's got to understand the nuances of certain things when they call a play, and this is again not a coaching knock, but this is the coaching emphasis. What do they emphasize during the course of the week? And is he getting it? Because he's a key player in that because he's the most talented guy in that area. How do you emphasize that? What is the coaching emphasis? They got 11 guys. Sometimes they got 15 guys. They got to coach up right in situations. But then it's upon the player to understand, and that's, you know, and I was brought up in a different uh, method of learning defense because we had to learn everybody's position um, so that we knew what the leverage was at all times. I knew what the corner was. If a, if a defense was called, I knew a corner had outside technique or I knew he had inside technique. If he got beat, I knew that was the guy I had to, to close the window on. But I really, you know, these are these are these are things that I look forward to for next season. Like guys like him uh, is an upgrade, and then you get him playing really free, you know, mentally free. He's going to be a nightmare. I mean, and he's just not – he hasn't even peaked in his career from an age standpoint, and especially from an experience in football standpoint. He's just scratching the surface, so um, I really want to see him him blossom. But that's frustrating. But those – and then the third and 20, right? Um, mm-hmm. I had a coach, someone that was a coach, and I, I don't disrespect coaches because I admire them. He's like, well, why would you expect him to be 20 yards deep? And I'm like, coach, because that's what the goddamn play calls for. It's third and 20, not third and 10, right? He was deep. He wasn't at a 10-yard drop. He was probably at about a 15. He jumps up and the ball barely gets over his hand. But if he understands that, okay, everybody's got to be deep, right? Anything caught up in front of you, you go up and make the tackle. But you don't give up the 20-yarder. So if he's 17 yards deep with his range, he knocks that ball down or he intercepts it with his athleticism. But those are the the little nuances that gets them off the field. And the coach is like, well, the corner was behind the sticks. Well, shit, you got a guy in front, a guy in back. They can make that play. But the guy underneath has to get enough depth to where you can impact that play. Now, it was a hell of a throw, nonetheless, by Jalen Hurts. But you got a guy with the skill set of Isaiah Simmons that can get in that throwing lane and disrupted. That's why he's on the field. They didn't put Micah McFadden back there. They didn't put Bobby O'Carrioke back. They put a six-foot-five, six-foot-six linebacker athletic who they knew who could impact that play. Now, for him, you can't say he did it wrong. He was 15 yards deep. But if he's 17 yards deep, he intercepts that ball. And yeah. then – you know, it's a different story. The game is a different outcome. So those are the things that, that's winning football. But these are the little nuances of a guy with his skill set because he's got an elite skill set and he's different. Um, he's not a, He's not a dumb kid. He's a very smart kid. He's got football IQ, but he's frustrating because he has splash plays. Now you need to get consistently splashable.
1: Yeah, and you know? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this too, right? I mean, he didn't spend the off season with the Giants. He got traded for near the end of camp. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like one of the this is like an off season early training camp thing. If he's back with the team for like you and him, if if it's so if if it fits everybody's, you know, if everybody agrees to it, but uh, where you can just kind of kind of pick. I mean, you you're in the Ring of Honor for a reason. I mean, <laughs> you you know what you're talking about with this stuff. And I think that he is a fascinating talent that's for sure. And he's he's been a he's been a plus positive yeah. with the acquisition of him, having him on the team. You know, I went back and I looked at so there penalties, the John Michael Schmitz penalty. I mean, even if you were watching on TV, Dean Blandino, the former head of officiating, even the Eagles knew that that wasn't a penalty on the shines, sure. that it was on them, even the way they reacted. Um but the last play of the game, you know, the officials, I don't, what I don't get is I get the Hail Mary eating the flag, but I don't know how you can eat the flag from like the 24 yard line. Cause that's like yeah. a legitimate play. Now yeah. Darren Waller committed offensive PI cause he threw some dude down. <laughs> Somebody held Slayton coming across. And, um, I was wondering about the guy who was in the back left pylon and that was Isaiah Hodgins. And he then just stood there and I'm like wondering myself, why did he just stand there? Well, when I went back and looked at it today on the coach's tape, he allowed the corner to sort of grab him and throw him out of the back of the end zone. Only a foot. But if you see Hodgins, he realizes that he stepped out. So he's now officially out of the play. Yeah, he can't and that's be what,
0: the first one to touch it. Right.
1: Right. And that's what the DBs are all trying to do. So, what mm-hmm. Hodgins or the, the, in that situation, what he needs to do is he can't let that DB throw him out. He's got to get his hands on the DB and throw him away. Sure. And dare the officials to throw the flag. But, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Um, you're right. Right after the Antonio Brown 32 yard play on the, on the third and 20. And now you can't give up a twenty-two yard run to Gainwell. Like you just you can't compound the mistake with another mistake, right? And
0: you and and it's a function of missed tackles. Like you have to get a mindset against a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. You got to beat them. You know they do enough to beat themselves, but if you don't kick in the door when they leave it ajar they're just too good. They're too good of a football team with all of their flaws. A team at the level of the Giants. You don't have a uh, margin of error. You got to be good. You got to make tackles. You got to make Philadelphia earn every single down. And when you don't, and they get these big chunk plays on you, they know how to finish. You know, and they feel good about themselves, but I'm sure... They're gonna say it's the same shit that's happening week in and week out. We just were be- we were good enough. We had more talent than the Giants, and that's why we won this game.
1: Yeah, in the end of the first half, even Nick Siriani, I was listening to his comments um and Jalen Hurts. I mean, they got bailed out by the officiating because it should not have been a delay game on O'Carake. Right. And time would have run out because Hertz stayed in bounds. And even the Eagles know they got bailed out, so they got three free points there. But again, I don't want to get into officiating because you could find plays on both sides of the ledger. I mean, was Wandale Robinson interfered with going down the sideline? Heck yeah. About three times. About three times. But in, in defense of the officials, did they really call any PIs during the game? I mean, there was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff going on. So, nope. At least they were consistent. It they were know, bad
0: for both sides,
1: correct. And I just feel like, man, there were just so many missed chances. They haven't won down there in two thousand since two thousand thirteen. Um, they obviously fought hard. Uh, they didn't roll over. Giants fans, I don't know if they they want to hear that or not. He made the switch at quarterback. I mean, Tyrod obviously threw a beautiful ball to Slayton for the touchdown. He had his moments of good, and he had his moments of bad. Um, yeah, Two I mean, the, Sa- the Saquon third and one play, the fadeaway in the third quarter, and then the one to Waller, um, you know, in the fourth quarter turned out to be huge, huge plays. And sure. even miss, even missing Wandell on that scramble play when he threw it, you know, way over his head. So, I mean, everybody contributed to the team hanging in there and competing. And everybody contributed to the team not doing enough to get off the hump, which is how you it's get losing, the five it's and ten. It's called
0: tap. losing football is what it's called. It's called losing. You make your own luck in, in, in this game. You make your own fortune. And if you cannot get over the hump to get that pot of gold, then you're just going to be without it. It's just that simple. Um, you got uh, Son Reddick, right, their best pass rusher. They got a running play call similar to the one that uh, Saquon Barkley scored on. Was that the two 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 point conversion he scored on, or was that yeah. a straight touchdown? So they call it again, and lack of execution because your tight end, Bellinger, didn't get the call. He thought it was something else. So he blocks down and leaves their best player unblocked and he makes the play. Now, if he blocks Reddick, Saquon Barkley is running for daylight. And so these are the execution things that good teams don't screw up. Losing teams do this. Yeah, it's a mistake, right? But those things add up when you don't have a margin for error. And that's, you know, that is the thing that is frustrating and you know the the emotions of giants fans are all over the place they want to fire coaches they want to fire players their players were good enough to win that game they did not play good enough to win the game they played losing football on enough occasions to lose to impact the outcome of the game just that simple now, yeah, I'm, not and I, call, I'm not saying they played losing football the entire game, but they had enough losing plays, missed tackles, lack of execution, uh, missed passes, easy ones, right? Where they they got to make those. If they want to win a game like this, they got to make those. That's what winning teams do.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I saw some people comment about uh, that drive in the second quarter, right? The Giants are on this long drive, uh, the Eagles are offside on a 4th and 6 punt, 4th and 5 punt. So the Giants go for it from their own 46. Saquon rips off 10 on 4th and 1. Then at the Eagles 35, Saquon rips off 5 on 4th and 1. Now the Eagles defense has been susceptible against the run over the last couple weeks. And I saw some fans and media members and everybody else saying, oh, Kafka and Dable—they went to the well one time too many. Because on the net, you know, on the third, fourth, and one on that drive, that's when Barkley lost four yards. That was a challenger play, wasn't it? Yes. So you know, we got the intel talking to Coach Dable today when we're taping the TV show. It's the little things, you guys, you fans. You want to know what Carl means when he says the little things—the attention to detail. The little things are the attention to detail of making sure that everybody gets the call, making sure you get the call. Because it was blocked up perfectly for Saquon to get two or three and get the first down, except there was one missed call that left Reddick free. Which you, those are the those are the kind of mistakes you can't make. When you when you were playing the 49ers in the 1990 NFC Championship game, you had to play every play to perfection. Because yeah. the game could be decided on a play. Yep. And th- th- too many times this season, whether it's the Buffalo game at the end of the first half or the end of the game or it's the Jet game at the end of the Jet game uh, you know, or it's this game at the end of this game or during the course of this game, when you're playing these games that are super tight, it's one or two plays that can make the difference in the world. It wasn't they didn't go to the well once too many. They had the right play called, yeah, but somebody didn't get the call, which busted the play up. It's not like the Eagles overloaded it and beat them and stuffed them at the line. The backside offside linebacker, who was supposed to be accounted for, never factored into the play, got a free run at Saquon.
0: You get a little bit of him, Saquon's running, but the (laughs) the attention to detail, folks, the little things is on fourth down. And these are not – I mean, coaches will emphasize this, but at, play, at a player level, if you're an offensive player and it's fourth and one, there are two things that you got to do. There are three, but two main ones. First one, get the play. Second one, don't fucking be offsides. Fourth and one, two things that kill you is procedurals or not getting the play. And then when you get the play, you got to know the guy you're supposed to block, you got to get something on it. But the two things: get the play, get the call. Make sure you have the call, and make sure you have the snap count. Those are the two most important short line or uh, 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 short yardage uh, priorities. Nothing else matters. Get the play. Get the get the snap count. Get the play. Those are the things that you have every game you'll look at on a Sunday. Not every game, but there's a game every Sunday where it's a short yardage situation and offensive player jumps off sides. Right? Because he didn't get the snap count or he anticipated. Right? You'd rather be late off the ball than to be early on on short yardage situations. Um, So the attention to detail, lack of execution, those are losing football plays. When you have it called up right and you cannot execute it or you can't tackle good teams will take advantage of that and they you give you you get one opportunity to stop them and you don't they're going to go on and get back on track and that's what Philadelphia did
1: anything else to get off your chest about the game
0: nope that's it be better
1: yeah. be bad. And listen they're going to have a playoff game this week Because the Rams are fighting for their playoff lives and they're going to be coming in, uh, you know, chomping at the bit and you got a chance to ruin somebody's season. So go do that. You know
0: what? You got a chance to be better, too. You got a chance to send a message because everybody thinks you're dog shit and you play well, but not well enough. And people are going to still think you're dog shit until you get it done. And again, I don't think the Rams are out of their weight class. This is just come out with the energy. I think Wink Martindale has found a groove. I think these offensive play callers have found a groove. Execute. Simple as that.
1: All right. We'll be back later in the week for a preview of the Giants and Rams uh, for another edition of Believe in Giants. Carl, how do we like to end it?
0: Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe Believe in in Giants.